Welcome everyone to the Million Vegan Grandmothers podcast. And I'm Tammy Hay, and I'm so excited to be interviewing Reverend Carol Saunders. I have met Carol throughout the Convergences. I'm a part of the Interfaith Vegan Coalition. I'm also an unordained Essene minister, but don't practice or share that much like Carol does when she does um, her beautiful calling in, the calling in, the calling into the truth, the solidifying of the goodness within all of us. So I'm so thrilled to have you here, Carol. Thanks for having me, Tammy. I'm very, very excited to talk with you today. Well, you're a grandmother now, I hear, so I think you're part of our million vegan grandmothers. Yes, as of two weeks and one day, <laughs> my grandmother. <laughs> Very exciting. Our little grand grandbaby came in Sunday, July the 16th at 12.05 a.m. And it was a, a labor of love by my daughter, a long labor and a little bit of difficulty, but she came in and uh, she's here to bless the world. And we're really excited to find out more about who she is. <laughs> well, that's what I'm sure enjoying. Mine are nine, six and four now. And uh... My grandson just asked me if I stayed. Did I stay at his house yesterday because I love him so much? Aww. <laughs> those moments where it's just like there's nothing like it. And with the million vegan grandmothers, you know, we're coming together with that fierce love and protection to start creating a love-based homo ahimsa society. So here we are doing that and interviewing amazing people like yourself who have who are out in the world, out in the world sharing the message and uh, sharing the message and multiplying the message. And you have a beautiful podcast that I was just listening to some incredible, very uh, mind-shifting, mind-expanding podcasts on the Spiritual Vegan Forum that you have, the Spiritual Forum, I think it's called your, your Spiritual Forum Podcast. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your Spiritual Forum Podcast, how that came about and what you're loving about it. Okay, great. Well, I am an ordained unity and interfaith minister, and I actually founded and led a church for about 10 years. And I just, at some point, I'm always listening to spirit, always listening to my own guidance. And at some point I decided that that was time to release and I was going to go forward with a podcast prayer and retreat ministry that kind of evolved over time. Um, I had been podcasting with my spiritual community for a while, and now I'm podcasting on my own and bringing guests in. The podcast itself isn't specifically vegan, although I bring on vegan guests. I, I want to have a broad audience, anyone who's on the spiritual path, who's interested in, in, in hope, awakening and inspiration and stories of healing and love and connection and all those things that I, I think the world benefits from hearing those stories and how people have kind of transcended their human conditions to really, really becoming their authentic selves. So I have guests on a range of spiritual topics. And like I said, I do bring in the vegan message when it works. I do bring in vegan guests when, when I, I can as well. But my, my way of kind of ministering to the world is to bring the vegan message, not at 100%, but kind of have a broad audience and introduce them because I, I think overall with the podcast and my prayer ministry and also my retreat ministry, which I'll talk about in a minute, it, it, it's, it can be an effective way to at least plant seeds in the pre-vegans of the world. 
And so many people like to support the vegans and, you know, we're all kind of together in our own little energetic, you know, group. And I really kind of like to bring the message into those who aren't quite there yet. Um, so anyway, my podcast is weekly and it's on a variety of spiritual topics and I invite anyone to listen to it. It's also on YouTube. You can see it on any pla uh, podcast platform and um, subscribe, do all the stuff <laughs> to support me. That would be wonderful. And then the other thing I do with the spiritual forum is I have a weekly prayer call. I, I have weekly prayer calls throughout the week, but one of them specifically is for the animals and the awakening of humanity. And I invite anybody to join me on Tuesday mornings at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. And we pray for the animals. And we pray for the awakening of humanity, knowing that this awakening is happening. It may or may not be happening in in the way we want it or the rate we want it and, or with whom we want it to happen. But we do know, we affirm that. And so we just kind of bless all those that are awakening. And we also bless all the animals that are in suffering conditions, which, you know, our hearts go out to them. We know that we feel that agony all the time. And then the last part of my, uh, my ministry is the retreat. And before I go into that, I'll see if you have any, any questions about what I just said. Well, I, I would just like to, again, you know, invite our listeners to go on to Carol's podcast. It's uh, the Spiritual Forum, Spiritual, spiritual Forum Pod mm -hmm. Podcast. And I just listened to one on, uh, uh, oh, I'm sometimes getting... The Law of Reciprocity. Yeah. Reciprocity. Yeah. It's powerful for me for many, many reasons. But one of the things I really got out of that is that, you know, we're always working with with shadow and light, and we're not necessarily uh, victims or um, oppressed by shadow, but it's keeping our light, our prayers, our focus on what we're going to create, the beings that we are, the light that's within us, and sharing that so bright that the other stuff just kind of flickers away. You know, this stuff doesn't belong to us anymore. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And it's really a process of integration and healing and realization and awakening to really the divine presence within us. And if you look out in the world and you see any of the problems in the world, it's really because we haven't fully awakened to our divine nature, who we truly are, because we're really powerful beings and we're just very disconnected for, from, from that. We've kind of been dumbed down or convinced that we need others to tell us what to do or that there's something wrong with us and all of the things that we kind of get um, it, uh, afflicted by. So I think the whole thing about our lives and the incarnations that we have is to just really kind of awaken to the truth of who we are. And, and that's what I, I hope to do with my podcast. I'm not there preaching like I was, you know, leading talks at all when I was doing church. I'm really just facilitating conversation. And I have conversation with the most interesting people from around the world, you know, not just in America. I, I'm talking to a guy, a, a, a Parisian, um, no, a Frenchman, but he lives in Geneva on Wednesday. I'm talking to a guy from Belgium the next week. And, and the person you're talking about, um, Jeff Thompson, he was in the UK. And I've talked to people in Australia and India. And so it's so interesting to just kind of bear witness to and be in dialogue with people who are all on this path. And we all can learn from each other in really powerful ways. I think mostly through our stories. 
Right. And I, and I love that you're not just preaching to the choir. You're inviting people from all walks of life that are on a deep spiritual path. And maybe somewhere along the way, they will hear, yeah, I think vegan might upgrade my spiritual path. You know, right. a little piece that is, uh, it will make the, make the difference. So I would love to hear about your upcoming retreat in October in Missouri or Kansas? Yeah, it's in, it's in Unity Village, Missouri, which is in the Kansas City area, but it's on the Missouri side. And it's kind of interesting having a retreat like in the Midwest, because I think people think about vegan retreats being, you know, on the, the coasts or, and, and, you know, we really planted this right at Unity Village and there's a reason for it. So first, let me back up just a little bit because I am a Unity minister and unity is um it's it's actually more of a, a movement than it is a, a church or a religion but they really part of the belief system is that you know we are all one and that we all do have this divine spark within us so th those are two fundamental uh, tenets i would say of unity unity was founded by these two people in the late 1800s and their their ministry early on in the late 1800s and early 1900s, they were ethical vegetarians. And, and I don't think veganism was quite known at that time, but they, they, they became, when they became aware that they had, they were serving death on their table, <laughs> that, that, that the plates that they had on the table was, was death and decaying flesh. When they became aware of that, they, they gave it all up. And not only that, these are Charles and Myrtle Fillmore are their names. They also followed that up with just amazing, you know, walking their talk. So Charles Fillmore, really, he 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 ta he, he taught people like from the pulpit that that if we want to experience universal love, world peace, ethical living, and and spiritual development, that we we had to give up the eating of animals. Now they didn't force people to do that, but they spoke that 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 is the path. So that's the path. And then they also tried to help people on that path. And what they did was they started the first vegetarian restaurant in Kansas City. They started a pure food company that sold meat alternatives. They had a vegetarian cookbook and they also bound Bibles and sold them in a material that was not leather. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm mentioning this because how cool is that, you know, that there's some spiritual movement out there that was founded on the recognition that who we are as evolved spiritual beings is related to our connection, our relationship to animals. So that's the foundation. Now, no one, in, <laughs> very few people in unity are living that or breathing that or even agreeing with that today. So I feel that part of my guidance and inspiration is to try to reignite that not just within unity but of course within the world but i i place this retreat at unity village which is a beautiful place it's a holy sacred beautiful place especially beautiful in the fall and it's very very um Oh, it's just as sacred and serene. They've been doing prayer 24 seven for about 125 130 years. There's a really nice energy there. And also I thought what better place to have people awaken to animals and veganism 
other than the, the heart of the U.S., you know, the, the Midwest, which is kind of where a lot of the packing plants and all that's going on. So why not put our energy right there? So that's why it's at Unity Village. And the retreat is October 19th through 22nd this year, and it's in our third year. So it started as an idea of a conversation that I had with Victoria Moran, in a parking lot where she just said we should there should be a retreat at unity village you know that's really kind of about animals and veganism and i'm like i could do that so that's how it started and i just decided let's make it annual and not not <laughs> not not let anyone think that we're going anywhere <laughs> like this message is here we're not making anyone listen to it, but this message is here and we're here to stay. Now, um, I can talk a little bit about what the retreat's gonna be about, but before I do that, I wanna say that like last year, 20%, I would say just as a guess of our attendees were not vegan. Uh, I mean, we're like not even vegetarian. So it's such a unique space where we can have people who are curious about they're not they're not there yet, but they're kind of curious about it veganism but they're willing to listen and we have vegetarians who haven't quite made the step to veganism and we have vegan activists and you know so it's, it's, a, it's quite a range, I should say, but what's so cool is we're just able to love everybody, you know and. And this it, it's it's hard to describe it's a really, really unique space where everyone feels comfortable and everyone is sharing and everybody is like lifting each other up and we do have some really good results with uh, the pre vegans taking the vegan step. Wow, yeah I love that I mean Janeville as Mitchell always says on on chain news you know we, we're not we need to just not preach to the vegans or you know the movies that we the documentary. <laughs> right we do aren't for the vegans and it it made me think of one of my favorite Rumi poems that I uh love to listen to in song and it's um come come whoever you are wanderer worshiper lover of leaving and come come whoever you are this isn't a caravan of despair and that's not what we're doing. We're not bringing despair. We're bringing this really wide-eyed, amazing way of living that supports all life. <laughs> well, for sure. And as you're singing that, I'm like, wow, we got to learn that. This year, we are having music at the retreat. I'm very excited that Sally Zito is going to be doing music. And we're, we're going to, to have a new rendition of the, the peace song that a lot of churches end their worship with before they go off to potlucks where they eat dead animals <laughs> we're we're going to be we're going to be changing that song around to kind of see if we can get that into the churches and um i love i love that song so maybe we can do that at the retreat as well well that's great yes yeah. i think there's just nothing like music it stays so deep so cellular you know completely and agree yeah change things so, i mean they know that the number one way people have changed into plant-based nutrition and veganism is documentaries. They had no idea what was going on. And once you know, you can't not know. And I think music has been a huge piece. We were just talking about, uh, we were just doing a live video uh, on to promote our convergence, which is coming up our uh, on climatehealers.org, our uh, August 5th and 6th convergence, the grandmothers will be speaking. 
And it's the topics aren't just climate healers. A lot of sometimes that's a little confusing for people. The grandmothers have stepped forward. They're part of climate healers, but they are talking about human earth and animal liberation. And that's what they're here for because the love and protection that we have for these grandbabies, we have for all species, the babies of all species, meaning that we protect their ecosystems and their family units, and we don't take them away from their mothers. And that's the powerful force of the grandmothers are here to teach. Yeah, I have to say that I was in Los Angeles where my, my granddaughter was born, way far away, too far from me, to feel comfortable with, but I'll get used to it. But I, I, I was able to bear witness to the bond that my daughter, this is her first child, my daughter had with that baby. Mm. And it was so fun to watch because I certainly remember the bond I had with her. I remember distinctly 35 years ago how I felt about her, my first baby. And as I was watching her, I was so... I felt so much joy, and I also felt um, kind of a renewed commitment to all of the mothers of the world who who had their babies taken from them. It was just so clear to me. I mean, it's always clear, but then when you see it and you have the feelings and it's your grandchild and your grandchild bonded to her mother, I, I want all grandchildren to be able to stay bonded to their mothers for the duration of that special time. And it just really, really kind of reignited that passion in me to remember all of the mothers and all the grandmothers that are out there. Yes, yes. And, you know, again, just to, you know, invite our readers and our listeners that, that join and, and are still discovering where they wanna be as far as nutrition goes, the calves are always taken away from their mothers mm -hmm. so people can have milk. So that is one of the most cruel systems that we have when it comes to the robbing of that bond and the feminine divine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so ironic that it's, it's milk and you know, the, the milk is coming out of the breasts of the mother and it, it's, I don't know, it's it just really kind of, like I said, I felt, I felt deep love for my granddaughter and my daughter. And then I felt really, really deep, you know, despair for the other mothers. And I think about the chicks too, that are not, you know, the animals that are not able to be with their mothers, you know, that they're kind of hatched somewhere else or, or raised somewhere else. And, and, you know, how that's such a violation of that bond that I, I know not all human mothers have that bond with their babies. I know that is true, but I, I, I know almost everyone I know did have that bond and, you know, and does have that bond. So it is something biological, it is something psychological, and I think it's something spiritual. And the fact that we are willing, or the fact that we're either willing to cut that bond or we're completely not willing to look at that we're cutting that bond when it comes to animals and their children I think it's just a reflection of something deep inside us that, that says we've lost our way. We're, we've lost our way. We are not acting in accordance with our true nature, which would also completely honor our own natures. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we will, we will enter the 
the kingdom as children. I mean, just when I get to, I can be feeling whatever I could be feeling. And, and my grandchildren took out a drum and a, my drum and a bunch of rattles and we were dancing and I was, didn't get enough sleep last night. And all of a sudden I was, I was okay. And when we take that opportunity away from all species that are very playful, they're all very playful, they're all very loving, they're all very connected. Uh, it's probably one of the greatest crimes against humanity. Mm -hmm. As Silesh would say, you know, that we're living these great, uh, or Dr. Gabriel Cousins, I mean, Rabbi Cousins, one of the greatest crimes against humanity is, is that severance of the, of the mother and the grandmother and the, and the babies and, and that multi-generation community, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I've, I've also really recently been thinking that we're all walking around as traumatized beings. I, I, I learn so much from my podcast guests and I, every once in a while I kind of reflect and I try to integrate the different messages that I'm getting from them. And when I interviewed uh, Michael uh, Coyote, and it was about um, how we respond to authority and about controlling hierarchies and all sorts of things. But he said something about how, you know, we're all walking around traumatized. And I thought, well, I mean, some of us are because some of us have really experienced deep abuse. And, but what about the rest of us? And he says, no, we're all traumatized, you know, because we've, we've been, we've severed from our authentic selves. And so I reflected more on that. And uh, this has really changed how I look at people, because I think not only are we, are we committing that crime that you were just talking about by separating mothers and children, but the other one that's a little more insidious is when we serve our children the animals, you know, because it's, it's against their nature. It's against every child's nature, you know, to just take a baby goat or a baby chick or a baby lamb, baby rabbit and, and, and kill it and eat it. Not, not one would do this. Not one would, if they were put in a room and said, you know, if you're hungry, there's, there's apples and grapes and melons over here and there's baby animals over here. You could have whatever you want to eat. No, no child, no four-year-old is going to pick the animals. They're going to go eat the fruit. So that's why I think it's clearly our nature not to harm. But when we serve them that first meal, and I did it to each one of my children. So, you know, uh, even though I was vegetarian back then, I did it to every one of my children. I thought, well, it will be their choice when they're grown up. And I fed them meat. And I was not nearly as spiritually evolved as I am now. But I can see that what we're doing to our children is conditioning them way against their completely against their nature and and i think that's a trauma i think that's a trauma point right there that every person who's who is okay with eating meat and hunting and 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 violating that human animal bond i think every one of us has is experiences trauma because it is against our nature so we're all walking around wounded and we keep validating our wound by digging our heels in more and saying, I meat is my right, or I want to hunt or what, you know, whatever it is, but it's all a response to that, that trauma point that happened. So this is just early, early, uh, ideas that I'm conceptualizing 
uh, around what's going on with humanity and how we are traumatizing our own children. Obviously, we've been conditioned, and but just that this has helped me, I guess I want to say, this has helped me look at why some people are so hard to get the message to, why some people really dig in their heels, why some people completely defend themselves around their choices. It's, it's around that, that, that trauma that's deep within their soul from that first meal and the continued, uh, the continued having authority figures say it's okay, you know, killing, harming, everything we do to the animals is okay. We're all, we're all trauma victims. Yeah, that's, you know, a really good point. My partner and I, um, you know, after some quite a bit of loss in my life that I realized accumulated on some childhood loss that I didn't completely deal with, that I hadn't known I dealt with, but I lost a son and I lost both my parents and I lost a partner within a very short period of time and two uh, four-legged companions. And I was really looking at grief a lot around this time a few years ago when I, I, um, I decided my third book would be called that grief mapping and uh, finding ways to mobilize grief. And so we, you know, we looked at my partner and I are writing it. We looked at Kubler-Ross's five stages and seeing that as Silesh says, it's kind of um, the beginning phases for a lot of people, but we can get stuck in them. You know, we can get stuck in the denial and the anger and the apathy and the depression and and we can get stuck in these stages and our stages are, we need to feel the felt sense shock. Mm -hmm, of this mm -hmm. Like this is actually happening and we need to feel it. And we need to be able to move that into empathy and love and care. But this is what I hear you saying. We need to have the space to do it, the support and the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that when people are in, accumulative grief and we see it happening more and more with our environment and this book isn't just about personal grief it's about ecological grief and the grief of all beings and how that is accumulative for us too whether we're aware of it or not and what does that do for us and it usually doesn't give us more space to look truthfully and deeply and with open shock eyes and say, I am willing to look. It's really hard to look, but I'm willing to look. We need space for that mm -hmm. because we're really overwhelmed. I see it even in my own family. If I want to talk about certain issues, my family seems to be pretty maxed. I think we live in a world that really keeps people on a survival mode for the most part. You know, economy has crashed and pollution and you know oh, yeah we're, we're constantly kept in fear and we're also constantly distracted and we're distracted by all sorts of things in the outer world if we're if we're still watching the news that's a huge distraction but also entertainment and phones and everything that's going on just the just the huge barrage of information out there is a, a, a distraction i've been watching my own self be distracted and all of that pulls our attention away from feeling that grief that you're talking about or, or, or being willing to take a look, to, to peer behind the curtain and seeing what is there. We just don't want to, but we're, it's, so we, we're, it, we protect ourselves, but we're also, we protect ourselves by responding to the distractions. And then we're also kind of just can't help but be distracted. 
So, you know, it, 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 there's a muscle, you know, there's something that we need to really, it's, it's, it's an act of will. It's actually an act of will, which is like a divine gift, this choice that I make that I am going to not be distracted. I am going to focus on me, my feelings, my grief. I'm going to look. And I, I, it's, we need to look at how we treat the planet, how we treat animals, how children are trafficked, how there's, there's a whole underbelly to our world that most of you don't want to look at. And whenever I try to say, hey, everyone, let's go look at that, you know, people have all sorts of defenses that come up that justifies them not looking or pointing to me as a crazy person. <laughs> no space. I mm -hmm. feel no space. People are incredibly, um, we can use the word distracted. I think they're really in a deep accumulated grief and mm -hmm. they're nervous. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people, you know, with my uh, master's in nutrition background and plant-based nutrition, a lot of people are poisoned. A lot of people are incredibly toxic and there really isn't a lot of energy left at the end of the day, or even in the middle of the day, or even getting up in the morning is challenging. So yeah. it's supporting people through community. That's the answer. And that's, and that's what you're doing when you develop uh, these beautiful retreats. So maybe we can finish off this podcast and you could share your retreat. And I'm also going to invite everyone that's listening, because I'm hoping this podcast will be up before then to please join our it's going to be on vegan superheroes, our convergence coming oh, up nice. in 6th of August. And that's nice. Yeah, I yes. like that. I like that. Yeah. So I, I do, I do believe that the retreat is not just a one-time event. We are creating community. And in fact, from last year's retreat, we're having, you know, Zoom calls every six weeks. And what my hope is, is that we do a lot of collaboration and connection so that you know, we don't just come to retreat and then go off in our separate places, but that we create our own, you know, they may be projects or they may be ideas, or they may just be, you know, disconnected at the heart, but that we continue forward as maybe not the whole group bonded, but that we have certain subgroups or certain ideas that are that are a crystallized a collaboration around and that we stay in connection and community. So we're seeing that happen from the last retreat to this one that we still we're maintaining a community. So again, um, the retreat is October 19th to the 22nd, 2023, and it's at Unity Village. You can find out about it at the spiritualform.org slash retreat. Let me just give you a quick rundown. We're going to have spiritual practices that, um, that are kind of centered around self-care and love and peace. In fact, the, the theme is called Peace Begins With Me. I should start with that. This is a theme that was, um, it was guidance. And the whole point is that we cannot have a world of peace unless we experience our own inner peace. And we experience our own inner peace in lots of different ways. And we experience dissonance from a disconnection from our peace in lots of different ways. And one of the ways we can reestablish peace is to have our thoughts, feelings, and actions in alignment. And so that kind of brings in the people who aren't yet on the path that they talk about being all about love and peace, but they're not really living it. There's also vegans who aren't living it because they hate people so much, or they've 
they've pushed, they put all these defenses out there about people and how cruel the world is. And we want to help bring them back to their center and their, their love and their sense of, of, of inner peace for themselves. So that's, that is generally what the theme is, but we have multiple workshops and speakers. Our keynote is uh, Renee King Sonnen, and she is the founder of Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. We're also going to be showing her documentary. You say documentaries change lives. If you haven't seen that one, it's a good one. We're going to be showing that one. Um, we're going to have music by Sally Zito. Um, uh, Victoria Moran is going to be presenting on the Peace Pilgrim, but she's also going to be doing yoga all three mornings. So that's kind of fun, yoga with Victoria. And we've got all sorts of different, different um, workshops that to help people either find that peace within them or to kind of awaken to their vegan journey or to be supported in their advocacy. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. You can learn much more about it at the spiritualform.org slash retreat. And I just want to invite everyone to come. Last thing I want to say is even though I really believe that the best way for us to be in community is face-to-face, -face, you know, touching, being able to see each other's faces and be together, and it's so wonderful to be together, we do have a virtual option. So if people want to participate virtually, we do have a, a way to do that, and it will be via Zoom, and you will also have breakout rooms and times to connect with people. It'll just be a little bit, you know, we know how that's a little bit different. Oh, that sounds so great. That sounds amazing. And the grandmothers, I, and the unit, Unity is, is doing 99 days of peace leading up to International Day of Peace, which I believe is September 21st. Is that correct? Or I do not know that. <laughs> grandmothers are going to be doing 33 days before September 21st, up leading nice. September 21st, when there's meditators all around the world uh, holding space for peace. We know how close we are to having an absolute catastrophe when we have crazy people that come together and not necessarily crazy, maybe fear-based would be a kinder way to say it. You know, fear-based, it can, it can get really out of hand when there's them and us, when there's separation. Right. I know that to be true. Mm -hmm. So what the grandmothers are going to start to do all through all of our podcasts, and I'm hoping that you, Carol, will also send a few uh, pieces in, but we're going to have three minute segments of leading up to this, and then they will be on our YouTube channel of visualize, visualization, quiet breath, energy, uh, with maybe some spoken words, three minutes of resetting. So today I'm going to ask you, Carol, this is pretty improv, if you'd like to lead our three-minute visualization, and that is how we will end this podcast. Okay. And just let everybody know it is improv, so I've got nothing <laughs> nothing planned. I didn't know this was going to happen, and I don't know that it will be three minutes. But So this is three minutes of visualizing? It's three minutes of breath, visualizing, whatever comes to you intuitively. Okay. All right. Beautiful. You just have to cut me off if I go beyond three minutes. All right. Ah, let's just all breathe. Center ourselves in that breath. And just feel the aliveness of that breath coming into our bodies and connecting us to the divine. The divine is breathing us. 
And we just say thank you, thank you, thank you for life. And we know that all beings now are breathing and that we are connected to them through our breath. We say thank you, thank you, thank you for the lives of all beings. We know that each one comes onto this planet with a divine purpose, an individual purpose. Whether it's an ant or a dolphin or a cow, a grasshopper, a pig, a giraffe, a whale, a bat, or a tiny little human grandchild. We know that the divine, whatever word you have for the divine, God, source, the great mystery, the energy under all of creation that animates all that is, we know that that, that energy, that source, that creator, smiles and is so grateful for the life that has come onto this planet. And so I just know that all beings, all people are awakening now to our relationship with all other beings and the breath that connects us and the sun that shines on all of us and the rain that falls on all of us and our desires to love our children and love our grandchildren and to be with those whom we care about, that it is a universal desire. And we know that we are fulfilling the divine intention for all of creation. When we live that, when we know that, when we share that, and when we honor that, that unique purpose of every being. I just invite us all to envision this world where people's hearts are just lifted and awakening from the darkness and seeing and recognizing the truth of their being, that we are one, that we are connected, and that this sense of community and love is what we are here to do to bring heaven to earth. So we say thank you, thank you, God created a great mystery, source of all, for this vision, for the light, for life, and we affirm that this is happening now through us and as us. We bless all beings. And so it is. Amen. And so it is. Amen. Bye. Thank you. Appreciate you. It's a delight. I'm looking forward to being a part of the grandmothers. Yay. <laughs>